0: Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast.
1: Welcome to B-Sides and Beers episode 67. Tonight we're doing a crash course on the blues. How's it going, guys? Good. Excellent. Woo. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I was mentioning just before this episode, we, we, we usually record at like seven-ish on the dot, and we had a little bit of issues. And prior to my logging on, I had an amazing uh, beer explosion in my studio. Um, got s- some great uh, sour ale here. And I go to open up one and I've never had a can of beer just keep fizzing out like nonstop. I'm trying to drink it as it's pouring, is just flowing out. I've got towels going, I got everything and it's not working. And yeah, so uh, I dealt with that. And then I brought the other three because it was a four pack of tall boys into the bathroom did the thing open them all up in the sink they just poured and poured and poured and poured because oh. the usually they stop after a little bit these just kept going so so tonight I've got a whole giant uh <laughs> jar oh. crap thing oh. jar oh. of sour yeah Man, this is this
0: is everybody else this is when I come in and just I confess that I brought that beer to him and I shook every he single shook one up on his it. garage <laughs> floor and then walked it in there and just well yeah It
1: was where where Bart goes and takes the Homer's beer to the hardware store and puts in the paint shaker. (laughs) That's so weird, though,
0: that it did that. Like, yeah, and and literally, like I said, it was in my fridge for two days. It went into the truck. It drove (laughs) to Vernon. It (laughs) went into your house and it sat in your front entrance. That's all. That's its journey. Is
2: there a big change in elevation or something like (laughs) that?
1: never had a Sciencey,
2: we can equate this to or i don't know that goes deep
1: we'll blame it on science
0: (laughs) that
2: goes parametric pressure Uh, and the change of temperature (laughs) yeah maybe uh
0: Mm. hey going back to vernon and salmon arm we're gonna uh kind of dedicate this episode to the 30th annual salmon arm roots and blues festival that's happening this week uh so hopefully you're listening to this because we tagged you on this and now you're listening to it and if you are, then share it and tell everybody else about it. But on this lineup is um, we're going we're going to see Five Alarm Funk that they're coming Woo! back. Nice. So Saturday night is Five Alarm Funk on the main stage at eight thirty. Um, but you know, there's like Tom Cochran, Jan Arden. You know, there's some, Tommy. Yeah, some bigger Canadian names this year. So, anyways, we're just we're tagging it. So we're gonna we're talking about the blues so it's roots and blues roots and blues and on that note no pun intended what are we drinking tonight um mike well, we know you're drinking a sour oh. ale and you're wearing most of it so why don't you <laughs> oh. reveal
1: what it is had to uh, go ring my beard or ring my beard out into my <laughs> pint glass but uh <laughs> well it's uh i got a four pack of from wolf uh wolf brewing co it's a limited edition sour howler. It's a raspberry uh Berliner white wyis sour wheat ale Ew. it's delicious It's nice, it's really, really good um, yeah, so that's what I got
0: <laughs> and it's like, what was it Three point six
1: it it's uh. it's yeah three point six yeah. For the tall boy and yeah i mean e- even though after the explosions i probably got about i don't know two-thirds of a can in each so, <laughs> so bizarre anyway. There you
2: go
1: yeah that's, that's not good
0: that's not good uh dane what do you got
2: uh i just cracked a uh Fuggles and warlock plasma blaster pale ale and uh these guys are out of richmond BC. never heard of
0: them what's the name of the brewery sorry
2: uh fuggles and warlock huh
0: wow never
2: yeah i've that. had this before on the podcast like a while back um and it's pretty good it's a uh this is a pale ale and it's like a 4.3 so a nice sort of i guess table beer cool um, can
0: too yeah yeah it's like what's going on there it's another like kind of Kraken or something on there or like octopus. It's
2: like some sort of like purple lizard
0: Yeah, and some space lady. lady.
2: Yeah. She's fighting a space lady or, and she's got a a laser blaster or what I'm assuming is a plasma blaster. There you go. And, um, yeah it says here the adventure continues we join our heroes deep in the hair of the dog nebula Ooh, on the quest for the clearest purest most easy sip and pale ale on the planet look no further plasma blaster pale ale cometh
0: i can't think any of like anything else but like you know seinfeld and lane, right in the uh, J. <laughs> peterman catalog when i read some of these backs of these BC labels <laughs> you know no offense everybody but wow it's awesome yeah it is it's just over the top
2: it's hilarious
1: yeah nice. um yeah
2: nice and i've got a um a category 12 salted lime lager so i'm excited about that Ooh. uh four percent so another easy going whatever i went into the liquor store the other day and i was just craving a simple can mm-hmm. of corona just wanted a can of corona mm-hmm. They didn't have it they have all this special like boutique beer and this one is sort of in that territory i think it's just like an easy nice going lager little salted lime flavor to it and number three will be this one sort of caught my eye i think because of the color it doesn't really translate well through the zoom video but i was looking for um something a little bit different so this is an eclipse uh equanot sabro ipa so i'm thinking those are different like st- breeds of yeast i don't know hmm. um this is by field house and i don't think i've ever had a field house before so where's that out uh, of they are out of um East Abbey, B.C.
0: Hmm. Where is that?
2: Abbotsford.
0: Oh, okay. I've never heard it called.
2: Right?
1: Abbey. Geography.
2: Yeah, it says craft brewed in East Abbey, B.C. Good beer, good times. Hashtag good beer, good times. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can Can I see the can on that one there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, and I mean, there's so many of these breweries popping up you know and like you know i sent you guys that article about you know the bc breweries and like how you know they're not selling according to numbers but it's like there's so many like they're just popping up everywhere it feels like
1: well yeah, yeah. You, most of or a lot of them are so young there's there's a few of them that are you know having their one year anniversary
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And like open during covid right like how many of those <laughs> You know, breweries that we talked to open during COVID. So, like
1: uh, Unleashed Brewery, what was it? Yesterday was their one year. uh, Crazy. So, yeah. And also, we're tight within that. So, how is it looking?
2: Have you ever popped by and, and, you know, do they look like they're busy or do they have
1: any promo out? Uh, And the only, I haven't been down there, but they've been doing a lot of updates on their IG and, and they're, you know, having live music and, it there seems to be getting people in through that uh that brewery row there. So yeah,
0: yeah. They added
1: yeah. another one in there too. And I can't remember the name of it, but there's another one. Yeah. Um it was four now then. So rustic real unle uh unleashed and uh Wellington or no. Yeah. Is that what it's called? No. W-
0: Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Wellington.
1: Well w- well in our Ar- Welton Arms. That's Welton, Welton Arms. Arms. Yeah, yeah. Wellton
2: Arms, sorry. That's it.
0: There's God so many,
1: man. Damn it, Michael.
0: A- <laughs> so many. Again, you can't get it right.
1: <laughs> well, it was, uh, Wellington is on my uh on my delivery route for work. So that's <laughs> that popped in the head. It sounded good to me. I you sold me on it. That was yeah it. Well,
0: here's another one. Spectrum. Spectrum uh brewing company. I've nice been these guys. Uh, yeah. Caramel Macchiato Ale. Oh, which oh. oh. excellent excellent and mike this one's for you because it, i was looking it up it comes from the barista box which is um a fun coffee flavors uh such as pumpkin spice latte irish cream and coffee caramel macchiato and vanilla latte
1: i am stocking up on that i need to yeah, yeah send me the details and i'll i'll hunt some down cuz damn
0: well, and this is also up your alley because it's got a connection to you too, because it's it's from Vancouver, BC, but they're located on Vernon Drive. So
1: interesting, Boom. There
0: you go. It, it was excellent. I I drank that while we were waiting. Um, and then I went cider this time, and I went with Millionaire's Row. Uh, a tip of the hat to Radiohead. Nice, high and dry uh, uh, yeah. cider. So uh, yeah, this is out of Summerland. So I oh yeah one beer and one uh, cider this time. But yeah, it's uh, Heritage Apples. Starts with a nice floral apple smell and finishes with spicy apple flavor with hints of cinnamon and rosemary. Pairs well with hot and spicy food. 7%. So I'm going to give this a whirl right now while we're talking about the blues. Yes. Yes. How, 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 how? (laughs) so i was talking to mike about this today and we were saying like you know i i I do appreciate how like we kind of just leave it open and uh, you know anybody that's listening to this we don't really you know there may be a specific topic or a specific person we want to talk about or ban but on a topic like this it's wide open so it's open for interpretation and we don't really talk about it during the week to see what's what page everybody's on because it just kind of create something that's interesting. Good. So, yeah. So, um, how did you guys go about this?
1: How did, how did this happen? <laughs> well, Dane came up with the idea and, and I'm just winging it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I mean, um, yeah,
2: the blues is pervasive. It's everywhere. I will get into that, but I think what had happened was, um, I had my Spotify playlist, um, which is like, you know, a, a good mix of all sorts of different genres. And I had uh, Christone Kingfish Ingram, yeah, little Kingfish come on. So this he's a guy, he's a young blues musician, blues guitarist, um, and great. I mean, it is uh, middle of the road blues music, um, really well done. And I just thought it was really interesting that, so this, this dude was born in 99. Yeah. 1999. So he's a young guy. He's 23. And um, you know, there's still interest in, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to jump into all sorts of influences and, and what the blues was, is, and can be, but this is straight of the road, straight down the road, straight up blues and you know young kids are are picking it up and
1: doing it so that's kind of well he's like an old soul well, he really is it seems like he came yeah. from the 50s doing it or 40s yeah. doing it. like it's unreal yeah. absolutely
2: absolutely and this just leads to you know other people who you know have been keeping blues mainstream and unlike i have like john mayer i i can't not say john mayer right so I think he's done, um, you know, as far as like mainstream pop, and and really showcasing the blues, with within that audience. I think he's done a really good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's how I came up with it. I was just like, it's so it's it's everywhere. It's so pervasive. It's it's such a, a an inspiring genre of music and, and an in- interesting. Um, you know, roots where it comes from and and where it is now. It's just something that we needed to talk about. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, yeah, yeah. And did you like pick some guys that you wanted to kind of
2: like beat you or <sighs> how did you do it? I I got overwhelmed one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, I started off with you know, muddy waters and BB King, and uh i just got stuck on muddy waters for most of the week uh yeah. i just listened to a ton of muddy waters and um so i didn't really get that far and i was like okay I, I have to do some research and the research there's you know different types of blues where it comes from mike you sent me that awesome um Gordy johnson Gordy johnson mm-hmm. interview that, that you can speak to that was really blew my mind so yeah. I just really, I've got some stuff that I like. I'll pepper in here, but like, I it was like option paralysis. I just there's so much that I just didn't even know where to
1: begin. To be honest with you, yeah, just it had so many different starting points. Yeah, or, or what you know, it. Everybody thinks of it as being um, an early African American genre, which it is, but it seems that it goes back much farther than anyone really thought when they you know went back and did the research it goes all the way back to you know like scottish heritage and folk music and just the structure of it the you know the the basic 12 bar breakdown right and the repetitiveness and uh, it it all comes back to you know way back then in in you know overseas britain scotland so and then it gets brought over here where you look back at the the horrible times of slavery and um you know how how these slave owners they brought africans over in boats but they would not you know they stripped them of their families they stripped them of their religion they stripped them of their culture and music and you know they weren't allowed to play drums they weren't allowed to sing their 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 personal music and they they basically were taught to um, please their masters with you know a certain style and a certain um form of music that was uh, you know appealing to them so were the guitars and the fiddles and the 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 banjos and the horns and it you know it all kind of came from that and then they made it their own
2: and there's also like the field music too right where they would communicate through um certain melodies that they would sing like while working in the fields and things like that but i think the one thing that i was just sort of stuck on was okay so there's these uh you know there's historical evidence of blues type music from scotland uh in that area of the world but did that influence the music that was born in the south in North, in, in the United yeah. States, in North America, or is it just something which is like inherent in us as human beings to, 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 to utilize that sort of simple, um, structure and, and build melody around it.
1: Right. Well, it's, it's, I think it's, it, it all comes down to the DNA of the past cultures, uh, you know, the, the older called Europe and, and Great Britain and, and Scotland, where, it's all the folk driven stories and it's the structure the 12 bar structure and you know where where you sing um one one line twice and the the second line once Once. and it and it repeats in a certain way so that that was taken by these original african americans that um you know that and and they just kind of made it their own and they put it they they put the different rhythms in it and they made it their own and to, to communicate and, and and transfer stories that way in, in between, you know, entertaining their, their quote unquote masters and and whatnot. So, so you think there was a direct influence? Wow. Well, other, otherwise, I mean, you, you look, you go back to, to bare bones basics of just tribal and it's, it's mostly drums and, and 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 that base to it right where where would they have come up with with these chord changes in this specific structure if they had no past you know remnants of that in their culture so well we got a music teacher on the
2: panel here
0: (laughs) no, no 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 i'm just i'm giving a segue there's a segue to that there's a segue to that and I kind of I told Mike today that I kind of I picked two guys that I thought that we could kind of like even use as jumping off points to kind of go with. And the first one, like you said, where do you get that from your culture? Unless, of course, you sold your soul to the devil at the Mississippi Crossroads and your oh, name was Robert Johnson. Shoot. And she exchange got superhuman mm-hmm. musical skills. Right. And that's the first guy that I always think of. Mm -hmm. When I think of the blues, I think of Robert Johnson and, you know, I mean, this guy, like there is so little known about him, right? Like there's, I I found out there's three official pictures that exist of him. That's it. They don't, that nobody even knew the guy died. They, it wasn't like publicly announced. Nobody even knew he was dead. He has three different grave markers because, and nobody's even sure that all three of those are him. Like, they don't even know where he's buried. Like he's just got so many like kind of background things to it. But if you listen to the very first song on that, that, that Robert Johnson album, you know what I'm talking about where he's sitting, you know, with his legs crossed with the guitar. Yeah. He is playing like, it sounds like there's two guitar players on it right off the bat. And he's doing like the Stevie Ray Vaughan or other way around. Where he's playing rhythm <laughs> and is playing lead at the same time, yeah, very, very. But
1: Hendrix. Robert
0: Johnson could sing like nobody's business too, right? Like he has an unbelievable falsetto. He he's he's fantastic, right? Like, and he was like the king of like the Delta blues, right? And we, we had all yeah. these like different kinds of blues, but like Delta blues. Robert Johnson, right? And like 29 songs all together in his entire career. And a lot of those were second takes of his first songs, Mm -hmm. right? Like he recorded these things over like three days, and that's it. Like, that's pretty much all that exists of this guy. But so much, you know, influence along the way, you know. And I mean, this is 1911 to 1938. So he died when he was what was he, 27? 27, and nobody even knew. See, like club. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like it just makes you wonder about the whole thing of selling. And nobody even knows where that story came from. They don't even know if it was perpetuated by him about selling his soul. It right?
1: it, it seems like it's a very old story. Yeah, the centuries kind of deal. But yeah,
0: yeah. But I I don't know.
1: It just long, time, or long for a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, and and lots of slide. Too lots of slide in that Robert Johnson stuff, too, right? Like, it just, yeah. I mean, over two recording sessions, really, for somebody to have that much influence on the blues overall and the genre, um, it's huge, really. So, that's kind of the one of the guys that I I think of again every time I think of the blues. And you know, I like I I was thinking of BB King and stuff, like, you, you can talk about that, and that's you know, obviously part of the conversation, but. If we're going back, yeah, it feels like that's that's one of them. That's yeah. one of them. That's that's right up there for me. So
2: that's a great example. I, that sort of reminds me a little bit of of John Lee Hooker. I was, uh, I think, I actually started with him before Muddy Waters. Yeah. Um, it, they don't really know when he was born. <laughs> it's like within a ten year period. They're like <laughs> <laughs> plus or minus, plus or minus. I don't know, somewhere between. 2019 and uh sorry uh, 1919 and 1930 right (laughs) yeah yeah. um and i just to me it just it makes me think like how much of this stuff was not documented how much of this how many great musicians were out there that just never had the chance to to you know um have somebody document their music i mean record their music that was probably even more rare but there was probably so many people out there who were incredibly talented but there just seems like a lot of gaps and holes in this yeah. history which is really unfortunate
1: right but not surprising but yeah. not surprising yeah yeah. And, yeah and would robert johnson be so big if if it was much easier to record your music back then i mean if there was a a bigger pool of these amazing you know blues musicians and they all had an opportunity to record that's you know when when you're at a time where you have to like the the recording setup is so simple and basic it's it's you a microphone and it's you know it's basically just writing directly to to a record it's writing directly to vinyl and
0: and it sounds like that
1: yeah exactly it's, And yeah. The man there's no mixing there's no anything and if if robert johnson he, he was not able to record these songs would nobody it
0: would it, it would never be it, a name yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. really i mean based on technology it's it's mind-blowing while yeah. i'm
0: driving in my truck today listening to robert johnson from like you know that time and it just sounds like he's like in the truck like playing mm-hmm. <laughs> like right next to you right like and, yeah and and it, it just as a guitar player too from a guitar standpoint mm-hmm. i've always been impressed with his guitar playing yeah just that alone and like i said just his musicianship and you know, the his vocals like there's a lot of blues guys that don't have the greatest vocals, but they work for the situation. Yeah, yeah. he had an amazing voice too. So,
2: absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if I want to go to the next one though, because that's <laughs> I got one more. I got one more that <laughs> oh, I got. It's all I got. That
1: I uh, the list I is so long with these guys too. I oh, mean, yeah. gro- growing up learning learning guitar and having these influences where you're growing up you you have your parents music and a lot of it is you know hard rock or metal for myself and then you dig deeper into it and every one of these groups were either influenced by blues or directly playing blues at you know higher volumes and with distortion and you know you look at black sabbath blues band you look at Led Zeppelin blues band you look at you know all all of these um Richie Black or you look at uh Hendrix you look at all these other it's blues you look at Hendrix and it's basically you know he was doing something it was blues but it was like blues from Mars from you know from- <laughs> blues with grace notes <laughs> <laughs> and- but you know what
2: I I think uh Relearning how to play the guitar, uh, mm-hmm. which I kind of started about a year ago, um, you really understand that because you always hear that. You always hear like ah, you know, like Black Sabbath. There, there'd be no Black Sabbath without the blues. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up, I never quite understood that. I was like, yeah, I kind of see that that jump, you know, blues into rock into metal. Mm-hmm. I kind of see it, but what's the first thing you learn when you pick up a guitar? It's like the pentatonic your major and minor scales that's the blues and it's i think that was the other reason why i wanted to do this podcast is because it's in everything it's in everything it's in every friggin guitar piece i I shouldn't say that not every but yeah you know for the most part the stuff that we listen to the stuff that i listen to you know you break it down into the pentatonic scale and 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 you go from there obviously and and um you know you can be hendrix about it or you can be more technical about it but the fact of the matter is it really is the blues It is that foundation that you would not get any of this stuff without it and it it really does blow my mind when you start to peel away the the layers of all the stuff that i love you know real intense fast aggressive music but you peel back the layers it's the blues
0: down
1: to its roots, yep. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know it, it, what was a
0: big, I guess, influence, and I want to go back to John Lee Hooker too, Dana, on that, I circle back to that real quick, was the Blues Brothers. And oh, I, yeah. as a kid, I, I, yeah. I got introduced to so much of that, right? And I remember my dad and I watching it, and there's that scene with John Lee Hooker right before he goes to the, the Blues Brothers, go to the cafe to get with Aretha Franklin, right? And he's playing outside and I just remember my dad and I were like, that that guy's awesome. Like, who is that? Mm -hmm. Right? And like, how do you find that out in like, you know, 1987? Like, we ended up talking to like somebody at like the record store who had seen the movie and was like, yeah, that's John Lee Hooker. And like, here's his like, tape yeah (laughs) right so (laughs) we 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 brought it home and it had that song on it right and that song's not on the soundtrack not on the blues brothers soundtrack so we could never figure it out right so um yeah and and i got introduced to a lot of that you know like ray charles in that movie james brown is in that movie you know like there's just so many that i remember as a kid where i was like there's like lots of blues dudes in here so Yeah. Yeah. So lots of, lots of influence from, from that side too, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but you know, like my, my parents, like they, my dad listened to the blues, but like didn't listen to a lot of like this kind of stuff, like didn't listen to like BB King or Muddy Waters or, you know, even John Lee Hooker was a late find. Right. So it just, I, I, it feels like I didn't get a lot of that influence. Like I I listened to it when I was a teenager, a lot. Like I, I found it and like found like a blues CD for cheap. And that was just like, I was hooked and I was like, I got to find everything that's blues. And then it's kind of went on a kick for a while. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I never, I never grew up with it, but it was always into it. Yeah. Just, and now I kind of just want to get nothing but like old blues records and just start collecting <laughs> those, you know? Yeah. you know, Super like cool. I want some of that old stuff. That would be great. Right. But, um, my my last guy or my second guy when I think of the blues too, and again, I, BB King, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, yes, okay, like those are all good. But Lead Belly is the other one that I think. Oh, out. nice, nice. So I just wanted, yeah, I was I was looking up stuff on Lead Belly and like Lead Belly, eighteen eighty eight, born in eighteen eighty eight, died in nineteen forty nine, went to jail like six times, like something insane, <laughs> right. Yeah. And like recorded these like this these songs while in prison. And then the song made it big while he was in prison. Like so weird, right? Like, and that song is like is midnight special. Yeah. Right. And I started going through all Got those lead belly songs me. again. Yeah. And I was like, there is so many cover songs off a of lead belly. In it's crazy.
2: Point, yeah
0: you know that where did you sleep last night house of the rising sun oh Um, yeah black betty yeah um black betty really and they all oh yeah man and he's doing and that's the other thing i was gonna talk to you guys too like great blues players as far as guitar players but there's lots of songs where it's just like hand clapping, clapping right? <laughs> and that whole yeah. Black Betty song is just him going like, mm, Black Betty, bam, bam, mm, black Betty. And that's the whole thing, right? And it just works and it's just him doing that for like four minutes. Yeah. But just just so many of his tracks that have been redone. Gallows Pole. There's another one, right? Like, talking about Zeppelin, but like, you know, it, it, yeah, he's, he's basically discovered in prison, which is just like, can you imagine that today? Like, that would, Maybe it would happen. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be wild if it did. You no, know, it yeah. just—it's a lot tighter I think today than it was back then, right? <laughs> like they go into the guy's cell and you know start recording them. You're gonna, you know, make it big, right? But I was gonna ask you guys about these Stella guitars. Did, and do you know anything about these Stella guitars? Because like you know, there's that whole thing with Kurt Cobain. Like yeah. he wanted to, you know, he told Dave, David David and then he wanted him to buy his. Mm-hmm. uh led belly's you know 12 string uh stella guitar right mm-hmm. that's what that's what we wanted but like that was the thing too like led belly played a 12 string mm-hmm. he was like the master of the 12 string in the blues which is also something that was not a usual thing but what do you guys know about those what are, about stella guitars
1: i don't know that i know much about it i mean other other than than you know hearing and and of him using it i didn't really know much about it it was like I, all of these guys used them
0: like robert johnson's Stella guitars like everybody i was looking like back in the day mm-hmm. it was Stella guitars and then i found it was the original owner was uh godin
2: really oh yeah that's a canadian so, company
0: yeah. yeah so i and i didn't do any digging i was like oh, i'll talk to the guys about it. they'll know what's going on but maybe i just dug a little deeper
1: on something on on this because when when you look back at instruments i mean this was, you know, post-Civil War. So you've got all these European and uh these soldiers that as soon as the war's over, they just kind of leave their instruments behind and whatever they have. So the people that are living in these areas get these free or super cheap instruments. So maybe it was just something that was, you know, Readily available after after the war because you know soldiers either died or didn't take it with them or whatever. Well,
0: like I look it up, you can get like a Stella twelve string for like one hundred sixty five on rebar reverb, so it's like
2: yeah, they're available. That could yeah, yeah. like they're still not mean. like
0: it's like <clears throat>
1: super
0: rare. I don't think, but weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also said too about uh, that Billy, which I thought was interesting, that they could never like they had a really hard time figuring out his tuning. They said that he used like a downtuned version of standard tuning, and there's still like scholars that can't figure out like what tuning he used on certain songs.
1: Right. Well, it's not yeah. like he had a tuner. I mean, he just kind of goes to ear. He tunes one and <laughs> gets the rest sort of close. And <laughs> on, right. Yeah. When you're in jail, I guess you're. Yeah. You don't have it. you don't have a Boss uh, TU3 to plug into and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Totally not, but enough. yeah, Lead Belly that that was that was another guy that I that I thought of and that I think of too when I think of the blues and then just going back to listen to his stuff and I'm just like, uh, yeah, a lot of it's you know, like I said, great guitar playing too, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a lot of just clapping and 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 singing, yeah, and you know, so
1: the, the simplicity, the origins of it, and then seeing these cats going from delta all the way up to chicago and branching out to to these other big cities i mean when you're looking at bb king and t-bone walker who was massive for bb king uh you got muddy waters and john lee hooker howlin wolf buddy guy these legends albert king and uh, uh freddie king albert collins just these these unreal cats and they had these interesting um interesting careers where they weren't very well known outside of their region of of, you know of america and then out of nowhere you get these these white kids from from england that have found these records or have you know back when when you had to order it through there wasn't record stores so you had to know a guy that knew a guy that could you know, mail order these records from the states, and then you had to wait three months for it to come over on a ship if it even came at all. And these guys, they get they get all these amazing blues albums. And you know, you're looking at Eric Clapton that's putting out cream and you got John Mayer, uh John Mail Bluesbreakers, and you got the Yardbirds and you got um Jeff Beck and you got Jimmy Page and the the uh, rolling sabbath sabbath rolling stones even before that where they took all these songs they made it they changed the lyrics or they kept the lyrics and changed the music or vice versa and then you know they're they've shipped it back this music back to the states and now everyone in the states knows these british kids for playing this blues music but nobody knows the originators so then so then you look at Rolling Stones and a lot of these other guys, they start taking these originators out on tour with them. And now they have a proper career out of blues. I mean, their careers were done until these other British bands started taking them on tour. And then all of a sudden there's this huge explosion where they're legends now, but they would have faded to nothing without that. Which is very bizarre and sad, but it's amazing how that worked out.
0: Yeah, it worked out for the better. yeah, because we we have these still these recordings, right? I mean, like I said, it blew my mind that I can just listen to that in my in my truck. It's just yeah. it's right there, right? But
2: but what about Elvis Presley though? because he was doing blues covers yeah. um and they they weren't giving proper uh like acknowledgement to. The artist that he was covering, or
1: well, that that was a tough thing too because, uh, like I mentioned in a couple episodes ago, where you would have a handful of artists that would do the exact same song, so they would yeah. all release, record, and release the same single. and So even then, Can you imagine that would be so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I was like Taylor Swift coming out with the album, and then like Ryan Adams coming out with his version of like the same
2: album, the same song,
1: (laughs) the exact same single.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So Um, so even that, it doesn't go back to the originators that that took these. And then you look at Led Zeppelin, where they're getting sued for basically releasing the exact song, or you know, very, very, very plagiarized versions of these old blues songs. Right, and that's the other thing. That's the the I did not
2: fully understand that Mm. as a young man like i I know like everyone's like yeah jimmy page is a thief and um even you know going along further on with like the black keys oh they're thieves Mm. and you're like okay but how and like it's really hard to sort of trace it back to you know what exactly are they taking and is it inspiration or is it like appropriation like what yeah it's tough because I, it goes back so far.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's like a fine line between an homage or, uh, you know, making it sound in that vein as opposed to a complete ripoff, right? Yeah. Like, and and I remember, Mike, you sent a video before of, like, the, the comparison between, like, the songs that, like, they're in trouble of, you know, of, of, of stealing. Yep. And it's, like, a lot of them are, like, really loose. Like, it's, like... Uh, it's a bit of a stretch on that, right? There's a few of them, and I know that like they just won that lawsuit not that long ago. It was like recently that they won that they said that they did not steal them. And
1: well, the, good to go. some of the influences of these songs were were close enough that they should have paid these these other blues legends. They, some,
0: some of them are them. yes, I'll give you that, but some of them were like yeah, they were far fetched for me, yeah. but. You know, right I, I, it's like they have these i kind of want that gig man like those musicologists guys that like pick apart these like songs and like see if they're like the same as like something else i'm like i want that gig i just want to listen to your tunes and be like no that doesn't sound like it you don't get nothing <laughs> or yeah that's a rip-off like i want that gig how do you get that job <laughs> i don't even know what that title is but oh money and a
1: lot of uh, a lot of university uh um, Just and, listening to music,
0: I guess. I don't know.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, uh, Here's something that I think requires a little bit of attention and let's pay some, uh, some homage to the ladies. Oh, okay. definitely. And, um, you know, we, uh, we had an episode, I forget what it was, but, uh, I remember listening to some edit James yep. that was on the, oh, uh, t- the cider, the cider, right. Cider episode, um, with rustic reel no it's no. A shoe shop cider right a shoe swap sweater Swider. um yeah etta james going back even further billy holiday right mm-hmm. um who else bessie smith uh may rainey mm-hmm. one of the the godmother of the blues like mm-hmm. um just going back to eddie james i love old etta james stuff she's so awesome her live stuff is awesome Yeah, and i think she's truly a blues artist like I think they they sort of build her as this jazz whatever when she was younger but yeah um she was a blues artist. Yep. Yeah. And she did it amazingly. Um it always seems to me like when you think of the blues you think of these like men with guitars and and things like that but back then I mean who really experienced the blues if we're going to talk about it if it's like Beyond a music genre, and if it's a, a way of, uh, uh like, let's just break it down to a, a feeling or um a way of coping with, you know, the the hand that you've been dealt. Some of these women, I'm sure, experience things many more hardships. Oh than yeah, some of the dudes, right?
1: Yeah,
0: no question about it. Yeah, and there was, a, and I'm just, I was kind of go back when you were talking about that day. There was another like. Um, old one where it was a female uh on guitar and she she was playing a gibson and again i i can't look I'll, I'll find it here but she was popping up on a lot of my searches but like same kind of timeline too yep right around that time and like yeah like i cannot uh, oh, i can't remember right now i gotta look it up i'll look it up but um Bonnie rate no like this is old <laughs> like i'm talking like back in the day yeah, funny, right? I mean, too, right? Like, yeah, there's, she's, there's, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. A, a big name for female blues, no question about it, right? So, but yeah, no, there's been lots of female representation, but I don't know about any more. Uh, maybe I'm out of touch on that, but I, I mean, it's a tough
2: one. I mean, they never got the notoriety. And like I said before, like, um, you know, you go back not that long and it was really hard to to have your music not only noticed, but recorded, right? And so, imagine being a a lady back then uh, totally totally yeah. well
0: then uh, kind of switching gears on that like and going back to bb king like wh- why did bb king get so big then like out of all these guys that we listed you know we're talking to all these awesome players and it's like why did bb king he had this funny guy and everybody all those guys rise to the top
1: they had the songs and they played everywhere all the time they did the circuits over and over and over and over again and they just became the names and a lot yeah. of it nods from you know the british musicians that you know gave them another jump start and you know when the rolling stones come over from from, from europe and to, to the states and they're playing blues and they're like okay well let's bring out these guys that influenced us. And that just puts them in the limelight. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make the other guys better. It just puts them in in front of people. Yeah, and for me, I, I think BB
2: King was. I mean, he's Chicago Blues, right? Yep. Yep. Slick, a little bit quicker. You know, just uh, not not popier. I don't want to say that, mm-hmm. but tempo's up a little bit.
1: Just like uh, a lot and of the, it was just more fun, like juke joint kind of. Yeah, style instead of really laid back, sad blues and telling sad stories of whoa. It's like let's party. Yeah, I I mean
2: the way that he you know accentuated his songs with his guitar. You you know, it was like his songs were the forefront. Guitar sort of accentuated in a way that we you know back then I'm sure people hadn't really heard before. Like he was definitely original, but at the same time a bit more polished. Bit more polished than like like i said i listened to a lot of muddy waters i listened to john lee hooker today and like uh bb king is i he just seemed to to me more of a more a popular blues i don't know maybe i'm completely
0: well yeah i just don't i don't know if there's (laughs) there's an answer to it right like it might just be a rhetorical question because it's just like how come these guys you know like if you say bb king you know buddy guy and like Albert King are kind of like the top blues guys if you want to say the top three but like it just makes you wonder why they're considered that way and I got nothing against BB King. I I that's awesome.
1: Like yeah. they had the songs they had the charisma they had the they yeah. they had yes. power so they attracted just their their energy and how they carried themselves attracted people.
0: Yeah yeah like I just look like B.B. King's got two point nine month million monthly listeners. Robert Johnson's got two hundred ninety thousand. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's like, you know, it's yeah, and that Kingfish guy, he's got like two hundred ninety five thousand. Yeah. Right. Like,
2: which is yeah. Great. I mean, sure. I don't think he's a household name. I came across him by accident, but um yeah, he definitely stuck. Stuck yeah. in my head. I listened to him a bunch afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked
0: about Joe Bonamassa too, right? Like yeah. you know, I'm keeping, keeping that going too because it just feels like there, there's always people to kind of carry the torch into the next generation, whatever that
1: is. If it's John Mayer, if it's, you know, Joe Bonamassa. Like when well, you look at Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and you look at Steve yeah. Ray Bond, and you look at um, uh, Derek Trucks, a brilliant oh, yeah brilliant slide player oh yeah uh you warren haynes you got gary clark jr that has you know hit on radio uh johnny lang that's been around since you know the the early two thousand, late 90s early who's the, the blind guy that played like Jeff this healy. oh yeah. my god i saw him healy i you did oh so good it was him and uh, uh wow Ace. that's another Amazing blues guitar player. Um, I, I I don't I think he's I want to say he's Canadian. I'm probably wrong, but uh he when I saw him, he was on tour uh sharing the stage with with uh, and with Jeff Healy. With, with and it was it was unreal. Um he's still doing a lot of stuff. He's putting a lot of great albums. Um what happened here? Sorry, something on my recording paused. Um he, he's still putting out a ton of great albums, and uh, but he's doing stuff out of Texas, so um just a different area, big name, like it's it's super cool. So
0: yeah, Jeff Healy, there's another good one for sure.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, he was big for a while, and it's I mean, uh yeah, super unfortunate. Uh anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. He was in Roadhouse. I remember that. That was oh, that yeah. was like just the best playing and getting those beer bottles thrown at that chicken wire it was rough thank god patrick Swayze he was there kick some ass
0: <laughs> absolutely you gotta have him there but um uh, yeah it's i don't know who it's who's next though like who is this keep going like into the future do you think
1: i think so there's enough. Yes. People, there's enough people that dig it and that will follow it and Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a forever thing. It's weird though, because you look at how, um, albums or how songs in pop culture are where it's, it's like they've completely stripped the blues out of music. And I think that's a big part of why music isn't as, I don't know, real as it used to be or, um,
2: so let me throw this at you. I think, and oh, we just lost Michael. We just lost T. Gone. Gone. Uh oh. Go this reminds we me of a movie I just watched.
0: <laughs> what did you just watch?
2: uh Don't look up.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's in that? I, I, uh, DiCaprio and DiCaprio. I was going to say Matt Damon, but it's not Matt.
2: Damon. No. Um, what's his name? uh the fat guy who always swears well oh, fuck that's lots of people Noah, no elijah
0: oh uh
2: doesn't matter it was in super bad yeah the guy was in super bad, bad. Yeah, <laughs> okay jonah hill jonah hill yeah yeah are you good you're back back
1: i don't know what's happening here i mean i've i thought um, an asteroid hit your house oh yeah, boom. i'm in my bunker so i'll be fine oh. uh yeah. This is so weird, dude. I've just, uh, I'll clip this out after, but it's, uh, it's can, happened to me a few times. My computer says it's out of memory and I can't record it on logic anymore. Son so of a B. I, so I can figure that out. So yeah, I guess the rest of this is going to be all, hopefully, uh, zoom collected all of this. So there yeah. we go. <laughs>
2: um, anyway. so right before you dropped out, I was going to say, I think, um, you know, we can pin it on whatever you want if it's like COVID or whatever, but, Um, there seems to be a resurgence of guitars, Mm -hmm. guitar players, people's interest in guitars. Mm -hmm. And I think with that comes, you know, understanding how to play, uh, figuring out roots and things like that. And um, I think there are, you know, musicians out there now who may be considered pop, who, I mean, one in particular is Samantha Fish. I think, um she is 33 years old born in 89. Um so another young blues musician. Fantastic. I've been listening to a band called the Bobby Lees and they're more of like a, a surf garage type mm-hmm. um band but they do an awesome cover of uh what's it called I'm a man.
1: Oh yeah. Man
2: M A N. Yeah. Awesome yep. awesome cover which is a Muddy Waters song, right? I think anyway,
0: it's a blues song for sure. It's a blues
2: song for sure. And they do an amazing version of it. So I think it's there. I think there's a lot, I mean, you can probably think the internet, you know, um, you can hear something which sounds authentic, Mm -hmm. real, um, and then do your research and be like, okay, so that is from the blues or from this period of time or whatever, but, um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting guitar players out there right now. And, um, you know, whether it be through their YouTube channels or through summer festivals, I think there is somewhat of a new resurgence or an appreciation for blues or blues roots rock blues rock roots whatever you want to call it yeah yeah
0: you know? and I, I i think so i think you're right on that i just hope too that that like the younger generation will just i sound now sound old but you know what i mean like i hope that that keeps going with it because you know it, it, you don't want that to die and it, it just needs to somebody else like we've talked about this before right like bruno mars bringing the michael jackson to the people of you know 2010s right yeah. like that's yeah. kind of basically what that is so who is it that's bringing the blues to now? Is it, you know, who there's lots of people and that's good, right? Like it just, and it's, and it's there. It's kind of hanging under the radar too, right? Like it's not other than your Gary Clark juniors. It's just, it's still hanging around and it's still relevant.
2: And you know what? I don't think it's in the ether. I think it's right now. um, Your top pop star is listening to these people. Like, you i i watch a lot of youtube videos about guitars and stuff like that um they're all about finding john mayer's tone Mm -hmm. they're all about it and like he's a great blues musician he's also a great pop musician and he gets that he knows what sells but at the same time it's there it's undeniable um and i think a lot of people may not have the vocabulary to pick that out like you know whether it's talking about guitar tone or just a simple like picking apart a blues song and understanding Mm -hmm. you know how that works or where that comes from um regardless it's there and i think a lot of popular musicians are well aware of that and you know whether they reference it or or let it be known or not like i i think it's People say like rock and roll is dead but i mean not until the blues dies mm. because that's that's the foundation of all of it right and i don't think that's happened anytime soon
1: yeah leave it
0: right there man that you said it that's that's exactly it you're you're exactly right because that if the if the blues is dead then rock and roll is dead and that's
2: it's based on that foundation no question about it yeah
0: mm.
2: i don't know if we can have a better ending than that perfect All right, we want you guys to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. Keep it going. Keep it strong because we're having a great time entertaining you guys with B-Sides and Beers podcast.